Welcome out of the Skip Blade Premium DLC. I'm Nick Weiger, along with Heather Ann Campbell. Hey, I'm Heather Ann Campbell, alongside our producer, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back, Bucket. Let's go. <laughs> so we've got another edition of Super Question Block Turbo Deluxe Edition. Boy, I ended up saying edition there twice. That's egg on my face. <laughs> what a fool I look like. Another edition of the edition? What am I doing here? I like to go with installment. Nick, n- Nick, somehow we got that audio, but Nick has just been staring at his computer the entire time. Like he said it and then went silent. Like his mouth stopped moving, but somehow we still captured that audio. Yeah, my Blue Yeti will get my interior monologue sometimes. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, guys, I'm I'm curious. We're in, we're in the midst of a major release right now that everyone's hyped for, and yeah. I, I am t- I am I'll be I'll say that this will this will timestamp when we're recording this a little bit, uh, but you know I, I, I'll just say it's Last of Us too. But when when a game like this comes out and you want to play it, and we're all worried about spoilers, like what is your protocol? Because I've definitely stumbled upon things on social media inadvertently. When yeah. I haven't even been looking for it, and and but it, and it's also like I don't know how to not look at social media because I'm hopelessly addicted to that garbage. So I'm curious, what what do you guys do? I also had a small thing, but it was a suspicion that I had a small mm. thing spoiled. Um, and I was watching the trailer, uh, and stuff i was like i think this might happen uh and and then somebody in a unrelated twitter thread said that it had happened yeah and it was about an hour before i got to that place wow um so uh, i mean what are you gonna you gonna get off social media for a week while you play the game that's crazy yeah like we're in the middle of a pandemic. You got to know it's what's true. going on, man. Yeah. You got to you got to stay you got to have your finger in the water. Right? Right. Matt, how about you? What do you what, what's <laughs> I mean, your protocol? I mean, yeah, it's tough cuz I I you know, I think I had the same thing spoiled for me. Um and it was because I clicked on a, a hashtag that I absolutely knew that if I wasn't careful, I would absolutely see something <laughs> that would spoil the thing. And I clicked on it and first thing I saw was a gigantic spoiler. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Why did I It was sort of just like Everyone saying, hey, you know what? Stove's hot. And I was like, great. And I just plopped my bare ass on it. Like, it was just like insane. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I? That's pretty good. What did I think was going to happen? But I wasn't, it was something that I just assumed too. I I guess with that particular thing, I was just sort of like, that's a logical story point. I would assume that if not when it occurred, it would occur. Um, but I, I, you know, I it's it's tough. I I've been better about not looking, because uh, I guess part of me was morbidly curious about what the the fuckos that are um, just review bombing it were saying, because like that's like a just an area of fascination of mine because it's just so yes. baffling to me. Um, but you know, then in, of course, in following that rabbit hole, I saw 
uh, a spoiler and that I learned my lesson. Yeah, it's it's tough. I I mean, like, I feel like what I spoilers generally don't lessen my enjoyment of things, but I do try to avoid them. Mm-hmm. But I've had things spoiled for me and then also just and then watched it or or or, you know, interacted with it with this game and been like, hey, this is still I still like this. This is good. And it didn't honestly didn't necessarily ruin the experience. I just experienced it differently. But it's so fucking tricky. I think I got to figure out something. I mean, I just got to delete all this shit. Why am I on this shit? Uh, you you know, <laughs> I'm playing it with Mary and Mary is an excellent writer. Um and she is capable of guessing plot points mm. without any like she never played The Last of Us. Something happened in Last of Us 2 and she went, "You know what I bet's going to happen?" and then just like said shit. Wow. And I was like, "Whoa, really?" And then it happened and I was wow. like, "Oh, man." So uh, living with a, a great writer is also a form of spoiling stuff. Because <laughs> she's also told me what she thinks the ending of the game is, and she's not the kind of per- like she doesn't she even have a Twitter account. Yeah. So like she's not. She's like, I bet this happens, and I'm like, Well, I bet this happens, and I know I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful mind. It's it's crazy. It's wild for when when people can do that. Yeah, uh, people can just just get a just get ahead of things like that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, that was that was my question. But Matt, we've got some questions from our listeners. That's right. Let's get into those. Great. Our first one. This is from at Josh is legendary on Twitter. And Josh writes, what feature do you wish next gen consoles had? What's your pipe dream next gen game? You guys remember there was a game called Pipe Dream. Is it like a snowboarding game? No, it was like you're settled. You're it's a, exactly it's very on the nose. You're like assembling pipes oh. to keep a water like water is flowing. And it's kind of a it's kind of a panicky. I got to get these pipes in order so that the water doesn't spill out. Look, anyway, here, that's my answer. Here's, <laughs> yeah, I just pretended like you weren't talking because it was like a <laughs> terrible answer to that question. Um, we so. Silent Hills demo PT, right? Wasn't that what it was? Yeah, PT's PT. demo looks like a real apartment, right? It looks like when you see a photo of that, a screenshot of that, it looks like a real apartment. What I want and I'm tired of waiting for is a photorealistic exterior environment like the way that, um, uh, what is it? Um, Gran Turismo, like that shit hmm. just looks like video where you're walking around in an otherwise absolutely realistic place, and yet there is some magical element, right? And it's subtle. That would be my dream game, is like a Grand Theft Auto-style overworld set in, say, a neighborhood in Tokyo involving magical powers. Oh, here's what I'm looking for. I wish that the world ends with you was photorealistic and takes place on PlayStation 5. There we go. Wow. All right. As far as feature that you wish the next gen of consoles had, I mean, everyone just keeps adding more. Like, it's just like, a, it's a higher resolution and, you know, whatever, better audio fidelity. I, I guess they're they're doing some, they're iterating on the controllers a little bit. The controllers are a little bit more refined. But... I mean, as as far as features go, 
I can answer this for Nick. Teledildonics. What he wants (laughs) is teledildonics. I think for me, I think just like a quality of life. That's what I always think of. And I know I know some consoles do this, but I think that the like I'd love it. I love it if something was as seamless as like the fucking uh, Nintendo DS when you just like close the flap and then you, you close the clamshell and you can reopen it later and just resume your game exactly where you were. I kind of would like that a little bit, like just like instant on, and then my game's exactly where I stopped it. I could I could stop anywhere and resume anywhere. Like that's just the sort of thing where like if you have shit to do, that'd be so much easier than, uh, you know, possibly worrying about like getting your game saved and then and then worrying about the, like a fucking long launch sequence when you're starting up your console. I would love that. I don't have a television in my living room. And I would, uh, but I do have an iPad and I do have a a MacBook. And I know that I can broadcast my PlayStation or whatever the fuck into another room onto one of those screens. Mm -hmm. But what I would love is any screen can have a console plugged into it. So if I could take, like, I want to play a slightly larger screen, I plug my Switch into my Mac and it, and the screen becomes a dummy screen that can just be used as a monitor. The, the, the problem with needing an HDMI cable for everything or use USB-C cable for everything or the protocol and it's a little laggy and the PlayStation's not broadcasting in that thing or every, every fucking time I use any controller-based thing on my MacBook, there's some synchronization problem and either I need to plug in the controller or I don't need to plug in the controller. I want all screens to be dumb when it comes to plugging in a console and I want all controllers to be able to plug into everything. That's my quality of life upgrade. I want to be able to fucking plug my PlayStation controller into my phone. I probably can do it, but I want the cable to just be like, I want all the cables to be one cable. Also, mm. that's what I want. Heather's answer, magic cables. <laughs> Ma- magic cables, magic screens. Photorealistic Japan, and there's magical powers. <laughs> uh, also, I, I mean, I feel like the, you know, the advantage of playing multi-platform games on PC is just mods are so much easier. And I, I you know, I don't, a lot of times on console you can't even get a mod, but I mean, I think if, I think if, if user created content, user created mods in particular were more, more available, more readily available and easier to install, easier to browse and install. And if they were well curated uh, for consoles, you didn't have to do anything fancy. I, I, I think that would probably make things a little bit easier. All right. I got another answer here. Yes. I want a game where you upload your entire photo library into the into, into the game mm-hmm. and it uses Google's tracking uh, and and placement algorithm to figure out where your photos were taken and then is a deeply personalized nightmare experience 
where you are in <laughs> locations that are specific to your life and something is going wrong in them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just pitched a Cronenberg film. <laughs> All right, Matt, let's what, get another question. What's next? This one's from Aaron Staley. On, on, uh, he wrote to us on an email. I love games, but sometimes I end up bailing on a game when it gets to a boring stretch. What are some games that you pushed through a rough patch and ended up loving? What games did you think you'd love but ended up bailing on before they were done? Man, what was that fucking Star Wars game, Fallen Order? Is that it? yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, I plowed through that fucking game like I was digging my own grave. Like, it was so (laughs) tedious. And, like, all I was doing was just I wanted to know the new canon. Like, I wanted to see the stuff. But, like, the gameplay was, like, I do not look back on that with fondness. It was more like, ugh, every combat was felt weird and rubbery. Um, so there's one that I I fought through the boring part to get, and the ending was great. Mm-hmm. The ending was aces. The ending was like 100%. But I probably could have watched a YouTube of that ending and been like, yep, that's a right. new thing that happened in the Star Wars world. That's my answer. Nick, you're... You're up to bat. Okay, here we go. Pressure's on. Bitch is coming. I'm about to swing. <laughs> oh my god. Where's that ball headed? We're about to find out. Strike one. I- <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I think that this is a recent answer. And it's weird because I knew that I was going to really like the game, and it's a one that's it's one that's much discussed on this podcast. So it wasn't that much of a rough patch. But there's some stretches of Death Stranding where I'm just sort of like, if I didn't know go, if I didn't know this was a Kojima game going in, and and I know that Kojima games demand out a lot out of the player, that there probably would have been some po- some points where I would have been like, ah, eh, you know what. I don't know if I want to keep playing this. And I know that I there's a lot of people I've I've heard from who've had similar experiences that it's been like difficult to even like try to force themselves to get to the end. Heather is seething. Uh, but I ended up loving that game. That game's that game's an all-timer. Uh games that I thought I would love but ended up bailing on before they were done. I think I gotta go back to some of the uh the um yeah, this this is this is a uh, this is back in the day a little bit PCRPG wise, but you know there was the 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 Baldur's Gate series which I really enjoyed, and Baldur's Gate three I know is in development on the way, and I'm pretty hyped for. But they made some other ones that were similar to that. Um, one and the Icewind Dale series, uh, which was the same engine. But it was just like less story and more combat. And I thought like, oh, these will be fun. But I ended up playing them and being like, you know what? I don't like the the the, the reason I'm bailing on this is because I don't I realize what I didn't like. The combat isn't what drove me to play these games. It's the story and the balance being tilted more towards combat and less towards story made this a little bit less engaging. Matt, you got anything anything in mind for either of these uh either of these topics? I mean, yeah, the things that the two games that immediately came to mind were both entries in um I think it's uh Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War or oh, I yeah. believe the Lord of the Rings games. I I love the combat style. It's the same, you know, it's the same engine as um 
the Arkham games, I believe. Um, and it has like a really good uh, nemesis system for uh, when you're fighting em- enemies. If you lose, they sort of get a little more uh, powerful or like you learn other things uh, about other enemies if you defeat one. Um, but I don't think I finished either one and I gave both a chance. And I was because like I love Lord of the Rings and I, I love that style of gameplay. And I that for some reason, I just never finished them. And I think I just got bored. I think a big issue is when you're an adult with a job and a yeah. relationship and, you know, kids, we're all childless, but I, I know it, 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 uh, that's a thing adults do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, it, Nick, none of these apply to you, so I don't know where you're going with this. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but it, it's just like games take a long time. Mm-hmm. And it, at some point you just are kind of like, okay, I get it. Especially because it feels like a lot of times the polish of a game is spent in its first third. And then when you kind of get into the meat of it, sometimes it's like, okay, well, this is a little bit less engaging. They made everything super duper cool up top. But once you try to get towards the, the muck of progression, it, it's, it's a little bit tedious. Yeah. Then you, you just, have, and when you have a limited time, you're just like, well, what am I doing? What I'm just, I'm just playing this to try to finish this. So like, what's the point? It's very easy to give up on things when you have adult obligations. I don't have to need to explain that to our listeners. And I mean, I, 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 we may we, we perhaps have some children who listen. If you're a child, I would say, uh, be good, stay in school. What and drugs? They, you no, don't need do them. not go into a school right now. That is absolutely <laughs> the wrong thing to do. Do not fucking listen to Nick. He's trying to kill you. <laughs> uh, thank you for being on TikTok and uh, making the president look stupid. <laughs> What's our next question, Matt Apodaca? Okay, this next one is a voicemail, and they didn't they didn't leave their name, but it's uh, you know it's about something that we were sort of talking about right at the top. Hey. How did this get played, crew? In preparation for last part two, I played through part one and the left behind and was wondering if there's ever been a feature in a a sequel or add-on that you wish was in the original. Uh, Playing left behind, there's the element where Ellie uses the infected to kind of attack or kill some of the the people that are coming to, you know, get her and Joel. Um, I just found that really unique and pretty entertaining and kind of wish they did it in the first one. Um, it made me not want to play the first one as much. And I wish, uh, and I'm not far enough in the second one to know if they do it in there, but um, it would be really cool. It was a really cool element for that. It got me wondering, is there anything like that in other games you've played that makes you wish they had done it originally? Thanks. Well, thank you, stranger. Uh, I'm going to call this guy Larry. Um, I, I, I could be wrong, but I swear, Larry, that in the original E3 demos of The Last of Us, they showed infected fighting against hunters. And I think maybe it was pulled from the main game because they couldn't get it to work. Mm. Um and then it was it. They figured it out for uh, for Left Behind. So it, I, I, I also was very disappointed uh, when that feature wasn't in the game proper. There was a bunch of like stuff uh, teased at E3s in what was that like fucking ten years ago uh, that that weren't in 
The Last of Us. But I also, without spoilers, I can say that some of those things are present in the sequel in a nice way. Some of those things from the E3 trailers. I'm not saying, Larry, that what you just said is in the game. I don't want to spoil it for anyone. And I'm not saying that if it is in the game or isn't in the game that I am spoiling it by not saying the thing. What I'm saying is (laughs) I wish that there were more kinds of power-ups in Super Mario 1. Nick, you're up. Uh, This is a great question. I really like that in... Here's what I'll say <laughs> as I stall. <laughs> Sorry, I was listening to Heather <laughs> instead of thinking of my own answer. Sorry for being an attentive listener. Um, here's what I'll say. <laughs> Nick, did you, did you forget the question? Is that... Uh, yeah, I forgot the question. <laughs> Is that what's happening? No, it was a it was a, a feature that was in a sequel <laughs> that you go that that you wish was in the original. Yeah. Yes. Here's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, here's I don't I did not like having to work out in whatever Grand Theft Auto that was. Uh, in order to become better at stats and shit. Right. And I think they removed it in the game that followed. And I wish that not having it in had been... There's San Andreas. I wish not having to work out in San Andreas in order to get, like, better stats was a thing. Um, I I will say that many games in general, like, there was an era where that was a big thing, like, many games, then also, like, you know... Uh, here's our context sensitive, um, you know, quick time event where you've got to like, you know, you've, you've got to do the sequence of button presses and kind of like a rhythm sort of thing to kill this big monster or open something. And I, I feel like there was an era where that was a big thing in games. And that's where those two two things were big mechanics in games. And they both, I think, tailed off a little bit. They'll still appear here and there. Uh, a re- recent game I played. I do have an actual answer here. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and then uh, that's the sequel to the um, uh, Ori and the Blind Forest. These are these Metroidvania games that I really, really enjoyed, both of them. And uh, they, there's just, just a much more extensive way of customizing your character in the second one. I think that they probably went a little overboard with some of the things. Like, they kind of have so, it's, you know, something of a currency system. And um and inventory, which which are it's maybe a little bit too much going on there, but I do feel like the the way that you can upgrade your skills and then customize which abilities you're using in the sequel, it's it's much more extensive. Where in the second one, it's just kind of if you just go through normal progression, you'll have a fully upgraded skill tree by the end of the game, even without trying to explore everything. You know, there's just an abundance of resources. So. Uh, that would be that would be a recent answer. I think they just refined all of the uh, not like you know they they just refined the uh, the upgrades just a little bit, and that that helped things that 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 just made progression feel a little bit more specific to the user. Um, all right, Alpha let's get another Duffy, question. Got, oh, I, I wanted to know if Alpha Oh yeah, go, had go a... for it, Matt. Uh, I can't th- I can't really think of one. I was thinking about that. You know, it's such a. It's, it feels weird to talk about this game so much because it's not like a like a I don't know not like a 
a gamer's game because it's like a game everyone played. But um, the the leap from Guitar Hero to from Guitar Hero One yes. was I thought so significant because like just because they sort of refined the um just the the whole system like it they just made it so much better with like the way you were able to combine you know the buttons and like not even like you don't even have to strum to get the combo if you just kind of do the button configuration in a certain way uh i thought that was like a really um like it's it's hard to go even though i like some of the songs back in guitar hero one it's harder to go back right without some of the uh the plussed up uh guitar playing that you can do in the future installments yeah, I think that's a I mean those those guitar heroes really got refined and and expanded and then just eventually everyone was just like, "All right, we don't like rhythm games anymore." And there's like, "All right, yeah. well, that's that." But there was I a nice run come there. Back. I don't know, you they have will. to think so. Yeah, everything comes back, man. Even Pac-Man. That's, that's true. You know what? Yeah, you thought you went away. And then he comes back on the other side of the screen. That's right. Pretty sweet. Let's hear that next question. <laughs> From our question block. <laughs> okay, this one is from uh, Jimmy Jimmy Luth. And uh, Jimmy writes, Hey all, in college, I brought my Genesis to play in the dorm room. My roommate and I played NHL 96 most often. The games morphed into a competition on who could get the most checks or fights by the end of the game and ignoring any thought of scoring. So what games did you give up or quit the true premise of the game to make your own rules or ways to play? Just not how I play games. What? Huh? That's just not how I play games. <laughs> oh my god! Follower. Wow. Uh, when I played Perfect Dark, I think I've talked about this on the um, show before. Uh, my friend and I, uh, Marco, uh, w- had a um, uh, had a, ha- we we would uh, fill it with bots. You could fill it with bots, and they would all look exactly the same. And one of them was a perfect ultra hard assassin. And all the rest of them were the weakest possible kind of uh, kind of bot. Uh, but they all had identical costumes and identical faces. And so it made the game into sort of a survival horror. Because, like, you'd be fighting each other. And then also the bots would be coming after you. And any time a bot would open the door, you'd be like, oh, fuck. And you'd be, like, shooting it over your shoulder, essentially. And then uh-huh. it would be a weak one nine times out of ten. But then one time out of 10, it would be absolutely impossible to kill. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will. Uh, uh, actually, I, I think if this is if this is on the table, I think just like creating houses of horrors for Sims is definitely mm. a thing I've messed around with. Yep, oh, yeah. Yep. You know, you put a you, if you put a, a put some Sims in a building with no exits and eight ovens eventually. Something's going to catch fire and they'll have <laughs> no way to deal with it. So to panic. They'll also wet themselves a bunch because they'll have no toilet. You can throw a toilet in there if you want, but eventually it will be their tomb. <sighs> but I do. I honestly do I, like I, to play games the way you're supposed to play them. Yeah. The, I'm not someone who, who, who innovates his own way of playing within them. The the worst part about Nick's story about The Sims is I know for a fact he's never owned a copy of it, so I don't know what fucking <laughs> experiments he's been running. <laughs> I guess but, if uh, it ca- I, 
I guess if it counts like, you know, a, a lot of times in RPGs where you have any sort of character creation, if you're playing through it again, you'll try to do like, oh, I'll do something with uh, I'll do a fucking uh, an, an interesting mix of characters, you know, I'll see if I can go through with all fighters and just see if I can if I can play through it that way. Uh, if if character creation is a is an element, if, if you're creating an entire party of characters, um, yeah, that would be a thing I'd mess around with. Especially, especially the the one final or Final Fantasy one. You know, I I, I played through Final Fantasy one with all sorts of different parties, all white mages. That's not easy. That's hard. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that is a, that is an uncomfortable <laughs> slow yeah. game. It's a low firepower like, party right there. Fucking like hitting people for like three damage and healing constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Blech. I was just thinking about how, like, when I was a kid, my, any sort of game that had this sort of, like, maker element to it, like, where you can sort of make your own whatever version of the game, like, you know, like, uh, like, Roller Coaster Tycoon or something, just try to, like, make, like, and just, like, make an insane roller coaster, the craziest thing that you could make and have it work, uh, would be, like, just obviously very fun, but then also making the most prolonged, version of something that works and at the end just making it just 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 like destruction like just going nuts at the very end of it or making like a like a skate park in tony hawk pro skater 3 um where it's just like impossible like unless you sort of get into a, a particular groove uh you uh to navigate the skate park that you've created that was always kind of fun to me but um i haven't messed around with mario maker so I don't. I know that people are sort of like in like sort of reinventing the way to play Mario in this sort of just creator base uh, that they've uh, established with this new game, and that seems kind of fun. Yeah, but uh, again, the Mario makers. I just like I I can't get into the creation part of it. Yeah. I just want to. I just want to play the the prefab levels. Yeah, that's not my job. Yeah. <laughs> you give me the levels. Yeah. Miyamoto wants to send me a check. Sure, maybe I'll make something. I'm working for free. <laughs> Hit us up with your questions at GetPlayedPod on social media, GetPlayedPod at gmail.com, or call our hotline. That's 616-2-PLAYED. 616-2-PLAYED. Guys, this has been a fun time, and I'd like to sign off thusly. We don't know what questions are going to be asked of us in our lives. Mm. And we don't know what our answers are going to be. But sometimes you get asked a question and you must answer. That's the premise of the Question Block DLC. Mm. And that's the premise of our lives. I'm Heather Ann Campbell. You've been listening to How Did This Get Played? My answer to any question is yes and. Great. Well, all right. <laughs>